Vickers Podcast. Today I'm joined with Roman Fritz. Finally, we made it happen. We met at the Mr. Olympia and we we know about each other for a very long time. Like I followed your career and apparently you watch my YouTube channel too. So this is like a match made in heaven. How have you been, man? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah. me. It's really cool. Anytime. Anytime. I told my it's wife. Good to meet. I told my wife. I'm going to be on the vigorous. Uh, I'm going to be on a podcast with vigorous Steve. And she's like, uh -huh. oh, I've heard of him. I've heard it. I've heard oh, no. <laughs> she probably hears me playing in the background, you know, like a lot of a lot of wives and girlfriends hear me in the background when uh, the guys are cooking meals and, uh, you know, doing dishes and stuff and preparing their steroid injections. They listen to yeah. Vigorous Steve. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I didn't see your wife. Your wife didn't come to the Mr. Olympia, right? Like we met I, there. She was there, but she just didn't come to the athletes meeting. Mm, okay. Okay. So how was your Olympia weekend? I mean, we met at the athletes meeting. It was a lot of fun. You thought there was going to be no line for you, but a lot of people showed up, right? That yeah. was pretty cool to see. I told um, Chase, yeah, I come mm. by. It's nobody going to show up for me anyway. We can talk the whole time. And then right. we, we were ba barely able to talk because, you know. There was a huge line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had to queue up. Just to say hi to you, which is good. It's good to see, right? I mean, that's why you go to the, uh, you know, the meet and greet to to meet all the fans and all the people can finally talk to you. And usually, what I do is I I meet people in line when I'm trying to meet pros, um, so I can entertain them a little bit because they also follow me. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So, how many people showed up for your uh, at the meet and greet? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't count, but quite a few. It was mm, good. Right. right. And how, how did the rest of the weekend go? I mean, you didn't make top 10, right? For the Mr. Olympia. I was 14th, but it was my first. 14th. Mm. I was, it was my first Olympia, and my goal was to place amongst the top 15. Mm. So because yeah, as, so that's good. as you know, first 15 place get placed, mm -hmm. and then everyone else gets 16th. Yes, Dean that did not place. Yeah, DNP. <laughs> I, I know it's, that always feels pretty rough because then you don't know where you stack up. And of course, you can ask the head judge, but it's better to place like you did, like when you're 14th. And then, I mean, keep in mind some of the greats, they ended up at, you know, the, the, the third call out, like Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman. I mean, they started reasonably low at the, at the ranking and then they slowly moved their ways up, you know. So at least, at least you, um, you know, made a little bit of an impact. I don't know. How did the rest of the weekend go? Honestly, it was more stressful than I thought because mm -hmm. in you have to be there. Then after you, you have to be there. Then you have to do. You have to be the tag. You have to be. Uh, you have to carve up. You have to be at the athletes meeting. You have to be at the meet the Olympians. You have to be at the whatever. And it's just driving back and forth, going to the gym, and then <laughs> shaving and. Man. It's nonstop. Yeah. yeah it's non -stop. Some guys even have to work the expo for their sponsor. I didn't have mm -hmm. I didn't, but and then people always come, oh, why do they not show up in shape? It's because they've been torn out of their lives since Tuesday before <laughs> the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been running around for five days straight. And then the yeah. show is at show is at ten o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And then you're supposed to be dry, hard, and everything, you know. Yeah, and, and most of the most of the events are during the day, right? So 
even though the the show, the actual show, the prejudging and finals is in the evening, you know, you have still obligations during the day. So it's not like you can sleep it off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the Mr. Olympia is the most demanding bodybuilding show out of all of them. You know, the the Arnold Classic is on one day, the Ironman and, and New York Pro is on one day. That Ironman is now New York Pro. Uh, and all the other shows are just one day shows. But the Mr. Olympia, it's something else. So and, and even then, I mean, you showed up fucking peeled. I think you were the most conditioned guy in the show. Yeah, that's not that's not the issue. That, that mm -hmm. Just that's just how I how I am. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just Roman. Right? Oh. <laughs> that's Roman. No, but all in all, I think I think I mean, how many shows did you did you do? Like six, I seven this year? Ten. Ten. Holy shit! No wonder you were so tired at the end, huh? <laughs> I swear, man. In in Prague, and then topped it off with japan with the, mm -hmm. with the of our flight and yeah layover and in in turkey and all that i yeah. was like i was that the the highest weight i was competing at was 122 mm -hmm. kilos and in yeah. japan in japan i was like 113 oh you dropped 10 kilos huh, since then <laughs> oh man yeah then you're really depleted yeah, and then of course, of course, now you gotta start your off season and kind of get your metabolism back. But I mean, it's it's surprising that you did so many shows this year, and and, and a couple of shows you got really a lot of love and respect from the judges, and then other shows they didn't place you, even though you did look better, which was weird to me. Yeah, to um, me. Yeah, well, at least you made it to the Olympia and you got some points this time. So for next year, you don't have to go through such an exhaustive competition season again. Or do you do you want to hit all the shows again? I no, no, because, because, you know, I just got the other hip replacement mm -hmm. two weeks after, no, actually, I think 10 days after Japan. So 10 days after mm -hmm. the last show, I right. got the, the right hip replaced finally. Mm -hmm. And now that was today's day 13. Okay. Two weeks, right. After the surgery. Or day 12. Day 12. Today's mm -hmm. day 12. And I'm just... Uh, I don't know. It's it, it's going great. Awesome. Mm -hmm. okay, recovery's going awesome. I've already right. been in the gym numerous times. I've trained legs twice oh. already. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> I've even done a hack Good squat. Stuff. Hack squat, uh. smooth machine squat, all that. Everything works. Even okay. light... Okay. RDL deadlifts, just mm -hmm. one plate aside, just to fill it out. Yeah, right. Light, get a little yeah. bit pump. And now I don't know when, because next time I want to show up better, of course. Of course, yeah. And it takes some time to come back from a surgery like this and then build your muscle mass to an even better point than you had before. How, how did they go in? I mean, they, they go, went in from the side or from the top? From, from the front, like um, between the lateralis and the, yeah the, and the intermediates they just they didn't hurt anything they just separated right yeah and they told me it took three people to hold my leg and then pull pull on my leg and of course yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> How long did how long did it take? Like I we, we were supposed to do our podcast like the day you got out of uh, out of hospital, but it took so long, right, to clear you and you know, yeah, home and all that stuff. 
So the whole procedure normally takes them 45 minutes, but I think they had like an, an hour and 15 with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I had to stay in the hospital from Thursday till Sunday. Mm -hmm. Sunday I got cleared and then Monday I was back in the gym training chest. Of course. Can't, yeah, you can't, you can't sit still, man. You got to move some, uh, you know, some blood around. I was the same. I, I had a surgery like a couple, well, over a decade ago for a motorcycle accident that broke my leg. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I was cleared in the hospital and, and I was back in Holland, I think two weeks after the accident, I was already back in the gym. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? That's her life. You know, that's the way we have some enjoyment, even if it's lightweight, just a barbell or a Smith machine, you know, just to be on the schedule. Because right. people, and I will probably be the same way, people get depressed from just lying around and feeling sorry for yourself. That's it, for you sure. Know? For the same here, man. Yeah, it's the same here. All right, and what, what, what else can you do? Play video games and watch YouTube? I mean, it gets boring after a while. So at least at least if you can go to the gym for maybe an hour and a half every day or a couple times a mm -hmm. week, at least you get your, you know, your passion in. And then the rest of the time, it's easier. Plus... I think it's good, you know, to get some mobility, you remove a little bit of the inflammation, you get your blood flowing, right? And you don't get into that sarcopenia state where because of immobility, all your muscles just going to say, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> and then you just shrink every single day. I mean, that would be the worst scenario. Yeah, I do the recumbent bike now also. Mm -hmm. An hour a day on mm -hmm. level one. Wow. Just to move the hip, move the hip joint, right. move the hip. And, and right. everyone, my physical therapist, everyone is telling me, man, this is so amazing how fast your swelling is going away. <laughs> and I, and I'm like, because I move, yeah, you know, I move it. And that's why it's going away. Yeah. yeah you I, activate the lymphatic people, system that way. And then all the yeah. inflammation and, the, you know, the, you know, the white blood cells and stuff and, and all the, all the fluid can just be dispersed. So I think that's the best way to do it, even if it hurts a little bit. Plus, there, I think there was, when I broke my leg, I read some papers that movement and, and vibration is actually very good to heal bones mm -hmm. uh, alongside, alongside growth hormone, that is. Um, so what is, what, what is your recovery stack right now? Are you all are, uh, on all the good stuff? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing basically what you said in the tendons of steel. Uh -huh, yeah video with uh -huh. the like growth hormone and tb500 and bpc157 mm -hmm. and i'm also doing deca and test yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 all the good stuff for collagen since any anavar and ghk copper in there no because i've taken all the orals in pre and uh, prep you know i figured i'm just gonna remove all the little stress yeah. Because I still have to take ibuprofen. Ah, right, of course. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not that I can take the ibuprofen for pain if I want to. I have to take it to prevent ossification. Right. Yeah. They tell me. They told me you take this for three weeks, three times a day. It doesn't matter if it hurts or not, because mm -hmm. we don't want the joint to calcify tighten up yeah and tighten up yeah mm -hmm. that's very true and the problem is if you take oral steroids and the non-steroidal inflammatory drugs it's not so good for your stomach lining and of course if you get acid reflux and stuff then you just i know you burn yourself 
up from the inside. So you feel very, very uncomfortable and then your digestion is off and then you don't absorb the protein properly, right? So I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah, so that, I, that sounds like a good stack. I mean, it, I think it will work quite well. I have a cool doctor. He gave me, you know, diclofenac. Oh, diclofenac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diclofenac, but in uh, ampules to inject. Oh, you're a very yeah. generous doctor. That that's that's not easy to come by. He said, "Like ah, you you obviously know how to t take an injection <laughs> yourself. You look like, like you know how to inject." <laughs> <laughs> it's good if you find a good doctor though i mean it's they're so rare so hard to come by and especially in europe i mean i don't know how it is in germany but in holland it, it's almost impossible to find really qualified doctors and there's a couple out there right that help with the research and stuff they're interested in pharmacology but there are not many not many good guys out there that are really willing to help bodybuilders yeah for some reason since i'm somewhat famous i guess uh -huh. with with yeah. bodybuilding uh i've met a few cool orthopedic surgeons and people that are interested in bodybuilding stuff and they always you know they like to talk to me on instagram and, and then this guy he he hooked me up with his, his boss his boss mm -hmm. did, the did, did the surgery and he was assisting and then he hooked me up with a nice room in the hospital and all that that was it was good oh you got the vip treatment then that's great <laughs> so the ivb pro card is paying off yeah that's finally. for sure yeah so so like with german bodybuilding we have we have marcus rule right we have gunter schliedkamp dennis wolf you belong now in, in the elite group of german bodybuilders we have uh urs kalsinski let me see if i forgot anybody <laughs> uh let me see dennis well oh david hoffman also but i'm not sure if he's retired right now and ronnie rockle who is retired like how's, how's have, the german bodybuilding scene now we also had roland Gillock. okay remember mm -hmm. him and yusuf vilkosh he placed third in the olympia he was the really? first german yeah which which year was that uh 1980 something Oh, yeah, the full beard. Oh, uh, really? Okay. No, I can't remember. Yeah. I remember Marcus Rule. That was uh, when I started getting interested in bodybuilding. Right? You see Marcus Rule and make everybody look small. I'm like, how, of how course. the hell is this possible? <laughs> how are these biceps so big? <laughs> Good stuff. And it, it seems that, that bodybuilding is incredibly popular in, in Germany because here in Thailand, we have a, a boatload of German bodybuilders that moved over. And it seems that, you know, when I follow the, the bodybuilding shows and when I used to go to FIBO Germany, when they sell the IFBB Pro shows, it was huge, huge expo. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of bodybuilders, and, and even the German bodybuilders would come over to Holland to the Dutch bodybuilding shows. So when we had an IFBB Pro uh, competition in 2006 after Jay Cutler won, a lot of Germans mm -hmm. came over to watch that IFBB Pro show. Yeah, that's where I saw Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman for the first time and Hidetari Yamagishi. And uh, so there was always a lot of moving back and forth between Holland and Germany to the various bodybuilding shows. Um, yeah. Very, very good. But now FIBOS no longer has a pro show. And and, and I, I can't remember when the last time was there was a Dutch show, a Dutch IVB show. Um, yeah, I wish. It, I, would be in there. I, would, I, would, I would definitely do it. The yeah. only people, the only ones that hold up the flag for the European shows like locally is, uh, are the Czechs, you know, Prague Pro. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much right. every year. 
Yeah, and they have Arnold Classic in UK, and that's about it. And of course, Emilio, that's the sponsor, Emilio Martinez, he mm -hmm. does all the, the Spain shows. I think he did all right. three pro shows this year, mm -hmm. open. Oh, wow. And then I met him at the Olympia, and oh. I was like, man, how many shows have you promoted this year? 28? And he's like, <laughs> he looks at his looks at his assistant, he's like, how many shows have we done this year? And the assistant just goes, 37. <laughs> That's every weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's like Tamer. Tamer El Gundi and his brother. I mean, they're, they're it's like they're involved in every show. It's amazing. Yeah. So in these guys, they really go all over the world. You know, I mean, we have to because it's, I mean, they put up the prize money and the sanction fee and it's, it's, it's a huge undertaking, right? So you'd rather have a couple of guys that are able to do that and have the experience. Um, yeah, you know, especially with the amateur shows when you have like 5,000 people competing. Yeah. Even here in Thailand, when they have IFB amateur shows, I mean, it's, it's a mess, you know, and mm -hmm. then especially here in Asia, I mean, half, half of these competitors, they don't speak any English. So you say quarter turn and then half of them, they just stand there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have, <laughs> so mo most, most guys in the audience, you start moving around to show <laughs> poses. I, I used to do the same thing at the world championships because I was coaching, uh, you know, bodybuilders all over Asia and some of them, they barely spoke English and I couldn't hear what the announcer was saying. So I would stand in the middle of the audience, just doing the poses that they should be doing to give them instructions because they couldn't hear, they didn't understand, but they could see me clearly because I was one of the bigger, bigger guys in the audience. Like all the real big guys were backstage. So this is kind of how you give instructions to your, you know, to the amateurs. Yeah, it's good times. Good times. Yeah, I, well, I don't know, man. I've competed in the world championships before as well. That was good, mm -hmm. but so much, so much of a hassle with the two days and all that. The it Olympia, is. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's at the Mr. Olympia or or, or the IFBB Elite uh, World Championships or WBPF. I mean, it's multi-day shows and it's it's a tremendous strain on the athlete. Right, and especially if you do multiple classes, uh, because some of the athletes. Oh, yeah, some people do classes, right? They go go on stage like five times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking crazy, and I wonder why they're cramping by the by the fifth round. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good stuff, yeah, good stuff. So, so for the rest of the year, you're kind of done, just recovering, and then slowly try to build your way back up to see what the next round of competitions is. The good thing is you have yeah. a lot of time for your YouTube channel now. That's right. I do a video every day. Every day. Wow. That's good, man. And that will that, the algorithm loves that. Like uh, you know, like Rich Piana, bigger mm -hmm. by the day style. So I'm I'm on day twelve now with the hip and then mm -hmm. it's day thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I shoot something every day, right. like a training session, meals and people can follow that. Yeah, people love that stuff, the vlogging stuff from athletes. I mean it it's does very well. So everyone can follow yeah yeah and it's in english now right yeah because before you used to have a youtube channel in german but uh are you doing now both a german youtube channel and an english youtube channel i do i just do the english videos on top of the mm -hmm. german videos so the ah, vlog right. the vlog is in english yeah. so everyone can understand it and then like extra videos so to speak mm -hmm are in, in German and also depends a little bit on the topic. Right. If I do a yeah. Q and A, 
if I do a Q&A, I always ask, I always do an English Q&A and then a German Q&A. Mm-hmm. And then I do two videos where I only answer the English questions and another right. one where I only answer German questions. And I do a podcast with my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> that we, one. <laughs> yeah, and of course, we, we speak German because it's fucking right. weird we, if you speak to your wife in, or with your wife in English. Yeah, I, I do that, but my wife doesn't speak any Dutch, and I don't. I barely yeah, speak any Thai, so we, we communicate in English, um, yeah. and that's that's what we're used to. But yeah, if, of course, if you're talking for a YouTube channel for a video, then it, it might be a little bit weird. Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. man, you're doing double content. So you're a full time YouTuber now. Congrats, dude! Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Thank you. Yeah, it's like me and Paul and Chase and, uh, you know, Fuad are all full-time YouTubers. And then, uh, you know, we have uh, some extra businesses on the side. So, um, so I mean, your channel is obviously growing, right? You get a, a good amount of views. I mean, off camera, we're talking a little bit about sponsorships and stuff. Like a lot of people want to know how IFB pros actually make money. Because it seems that some guys are doing exceptionally well. And some guys are barely scraping by. Right. And, and, so and some guys, a lot of guys, they, they go all in the amateur, right? Because they, they think they're turning pro that the, the magic door of finance is, go, is going to open. And then suddenly they're making a boatload of money, which also doesn't seem to be the case. So can you give us a little bit of insight, like the entrepreneurial, um, you know, back end of the business when you have your pro card, what it takes. So first of all, and that was a lesson taught to me by Ed Connors mm-hmm. of Gold's Gym. Yeah. He said, you got to have a personality. You know, you have a, you have a personality. Right. Chase has a personality. Right. I have a personality. Mm-hmm. Ant- Antoine Vaillant has a great oh, yeah. personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the people that make money on, on the internet. Right. If you're just, if you're only going, if you're Dorian Yates. Mm-hmm. If, or if you want to be Dorian Yates, it doesn't work anymore like that. No, I agree. You can't, yeah. just, you can't just train in your basement, mm-hmm. show up once a year, and then expect <laughs> sponsors to pay you uh, tens of thousands of dollars each month for three photo shoots after the Olympia, and that's it. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Dorian yeah. have any sponsorships at that time? Yeah, he I was a even... leader. I was with, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was with the magazine. Yeah, but any supplement sponsor or, or other sponsors? Like right now, there's so many more sponsors compared to before. But I always wonder how these old old pros without social media actually made real money. Yeah, they were always they were most of them were weeder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were good contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they were um, right. popular, mm-hmm. and. Those were, yeah, that was it basically. Yeah, I think Mo- I most think... of the. Go ahead. And my, I mean, there were only like 10, 10 or 15 guys that were popular right. at all. Mm-hmm. So they all had Weeder contracts. And back then, Weeder was magazine and supplements. Right. True. True. Yeah, I think the one that I really saw, saw maximize the monetization part of being a pro was Jay Cutler. Right. He would 
find revenue streams everywhere. You know, you have sponsors and and you know some side business, some real estate, some weed selling, right? The, being the the medical uh, marijuana stuff, you would just get involved in everything, which is which I highly respect, right? I mean, the, the business still needs to continue because bodybuilding is super expensive. You know, it's a very expensive and when sport. he yeah when he made his first checks with bodybuilding, he immediately bought uh, real estate. Yeah, yeah, it's very smart. Yeah, because you gotta yeah. invest and then flip it later on. Yeah, because when you get such so, a sum of money, you don't need it right away unless you have some bills. You know, you're a little bit behind. But in most cases, when you get a big sum of money, it's better to invest it, um, and then you know it will come back with dividends, right? Making a, a nice fat uh, profit on top of that, and when you sell it at the later point. So how how are you managing that side of the the bodybuilding journey? So I get the I I've got a since I have a personality, mm -hmm. yeah. I, have a, I have a supplement sponsor, right. you know, and they pay me and mm -hmm. they, then I also get, um, good, uh, what's it called when they, when they, when they order stuff through your code. Yeah. Commissions. Yeah. Commissions. Exactly. That was yeah. the word. So what they pay me mm -hmm. a month, same amount I get in, um, commissions for selling right. yeah so it's i get double salary every month exactly yeah so you have your base salary for being involved as an athlete right it has certain obligations going to the booth doing photo shoots marketing products and then because you also have an affiliate code right you get a 10 percent mm -hmm. or 20 percent commission on affiliate sales and yeah affiliate sales i mean that's how all the influencers are doing very well right now more th more so than most bodybuilders uh, it's because they have a personality yeah. and they're always in a good mood and always producing content. And 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 the bodybuilders are kind of like, uh, I'm tired. I got a prep, no content. You know, they disappear for three months, but it's three months of sales that they're losing. But you're not you're not doing that at all. So that's good to see. I force myself. I yeah. force myself. I'm, 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 every day I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to do a fucking story again. <laughs> I, uh, and then I just pick up the phone put on a smile and i'm like what's up guys good morning blah 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 uh -huh. you know i'm just taking my um nac uh -huh. you know and my curcumin and my whatever i'm taking right. i'm doing cardio pre-workout this post-workout this but it's because it's what i'm really doing mm -hmm. but it is just fucking tiresome to do it on video all the time. I know. Tell me about it. But <laughs> you still got to get it done, though. It's work. That's how you get paid. But that's how it, and that's how you get paid. Exactly. Yeah. You, you don't want to do it. I mean, then I always think, well, like someone else is not getting up at at whatever the time they want to. Someone else is going to the to the to actual workplace. That would be way worse. And Exactly, and do shit they don't want to do, and they won't make. So, and they won't make from your single sponsor <laughs> being employed, <laughs> right? I mean, the, the salaries that that you know affiliate sales can generate are actually quite good. You know, several thousand dollars per affiliate, and and that's yeah. why that's why the market is a little bit saturated right now because everybody wants a piece of that pie, but not everybody has a personality and something, you know, that to bring to the table that that sets you apart from other people. Like you've always been like super honest about everything, which is fucking rare. Like I can be honest right, because I don't have a pro card to lose. 
and and Chase and Paul, all all these guys we we try to educate about steroids. But you're you've been one of the few pros who actually talks about steroids openly, what you do, what you take, what mistakes you made. And I think a lot of people highly appreciate that because, you know, getting into getting a pro card and being a part of that elite level club that seems to be very clicky sometimes. Right? It, whatever is being discussed in the in the group of bodybuilders, uh, pro bodybuilders is not leaving the group. Uh, but you're you're just saying like, yeah, I, I do this, I do that, and and it, it doesn't seem to affect, you know, anything. If anything, it helps your personality and career. Yeah, and by the way, another income stream here. Mm -hmm. I do consultations and coaching. Okay, smart. Yeah, mm -hmm. and since then, actually, people have bought consultation like thirty minutes, sixty minutes, yeah. just to just to confirm this is really this is really the truth. This is what you're saying. Yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't believing what whatever the hell this guy yeah. said five hundred milligrams. Yeah, and you, you you're saying. This is how it goes, and I'm like, yeah, this is exactly this is the way it's done. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, and it's so better. Got, it's, it's it's better that you say it instead of me, a, a guy that that sees the blood work and also does consultations with IFB pros. Like, I can't really say what some of the people that I talk with uh, do, right? Because that's their business, yeah. not mine. I just try to keep them healthy. But if you say it and you have a pro card and you look fucking shredded and fucking big then it adds a lot of credibility, you know, to what you're saying. And if, of course, it's also a wake up call for people because, you know, it's always been speculated that that some pros take, you know, high dose, quote unquote, high dosages, right, compared to general population. But yeah, that's just what goes on. And of course, 500 milligrams, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it's not a, it's yeah. probably not going to turn you pro. <laughs> and yeah, and I've said that, I've said that to Chase in mm -hmm. his podcast on his podcast it's like i don't even know why people are lying because it's it's a number it undermines if everyone i mean if everyone but if everyone from the beginning mm -hmm. had said uh whatever four times the, the number everyone is saying mm -hmm. yeah it would be normal true right now it yeah. would be because no one would have heard Oh, I'm taking five. I'm taking ten milligrams of trend every other day. <laughs> like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, maybe ten milligrams every hour, and even then, it's a modest dose because I mean, some guys take two hundred milligrams per day. You know, I mean, it's yeah. not that it's something I would but recommend. I've heard, but <laughs> I've I've heard someone say that. Mm -hmm. You know, on a podcast. Yeah, and I was like, no, you're not. You don't even know how to measure 10 milligrams of trend. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Probably not. It's like... <laughs> no, it's, fu it's funny. It's funny how that goes. Yeah, but I think I think a lot of pros, of course, they're under contract, right? And if, if you start talking about drugs, maybe that you're, you're um, you know, the guy that, that pays your bills doesn't like it. Um, we all have that famous story. My, of... sponsor, yeah. my sponsor does rock content on his YouTube. Oh, there you go. Company. Oh, that's a perfect match then. That's a perfect match. Yeah, but a lot, like muscle tech, for example, they would fire people for talking about steroids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that what was his name? That model that uh, openly spoke about taking Columbia oh, yeah, steroids yeah. in Bigger, Stronger, Faster, the documentary by yeah. uh, Chris Bell. I mean, he got fired. He lost his contract. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of people were hesitant. And nowadays it doesn't really seem to matter because everybody can make money online. 
uh, you don't really need contracts because like magazine contracts or, or some of these supplement contacts that are super against it. Because I think nowadays, like Gorilla Mind, my my supplement uh, company, like Derek operates that. He's been open about steroid use and educational for, for years now. And so am I. So you don't have to be, I think. I think if anything, it just adds more credibility that, yes, this is what's going on. And, you know, if 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 you know if you turn pro then this might be required to proceed you know yeah yes exactly mm -hmm. and then if people know i think it's better just if people know yeah because they, they have to know what they're getting into mm -hmm. yeah it would be horrible if you start on 500 milligrams and and and, and 10 milligrams of trend per uh per day right 70 milligrams a week and then you can't even get to the uh you know the national level and they just feel a little bit jaded. Like, I thought this is what was required. <laughs> no. I mean, the, the the biggest I ever got was like on 2,500 milligrams of test, you know? So, mm -hmm. and, and that's even, you know, considered moderate for some pros. Now, I've done blood work consultations with pros that, that wrote me their cycle and their blood work looks pretty representative of, of that dose. So it's like 2,000, 2,500 milligrams. But of course, you know, these are pros that are a little bit more seasoned and don't need to gain so much more muscle mass. Uh, so they just run enough because in the past they might have done like a four gram cycle with a boatload of growth hormone or whatever else. Uh, but I realized like, okay, in order to make improvements, I don't need so much additional growth or additional steroids. I'd rather stay healthy and focus on these little things, you know, because I think we all go through that process where we think more is better. And then as we get older, we learn how to optimize every little thing. And then they'd realize you can get away with a with a smaller dose. So as we're talking about dosages, like I know you talked about this a little bit with Chase, but like what what have you been seeing going on around in your immediate circle? And what would what would you be willing to do yourself, like for a, a pro show like the Mister Olympia? Like what kind of cycle goes into the Mister Olympia? So like for example, when we're talking about trend, mm. I haven't taken any trend this year. Okay, year. wow. Did the prep? No, no. I'm trend. disappointed. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry, so, guys. Yeah, sorry. I've done, done all the other shit, but I haven't taken any trend. So, why did you take the train out? I I got high blood pressure. Yeah. Too high from from my liking. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, every time I I I tried taking it again, mm -hmm. I got water retention yeah can, can, can cause an inflammatory water. response like like immediately oh wow okay yeah um two days in mm -hmm. three days in i can see how my my ankles swole swole up mm -hmm. and i was super dry and i'm like oh man i'm gonna top it off with a little bit of trend yeah and then i look worse oh i'm like fuck this and it's the same brand of I the others yeah this is the same brand of the yeah. other stuff that you're using, so it's not like bad carrier oil or something else. And I even tried to, I tried three different mm -hmm. companies. Oh wow! And still, you know? still watery. And I tried different esters. I tried everything. I was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, I'm, I'm. I look, I look good, and you know. I just I, I think it, I think at one point you don't need it. You know, I I I mean I recently had a podcast with Nal Naiga and I, I told him said listen the weird thing about trend is that you know as you get more seasoned, more muscle maturity, a lot of pros prefer to take it out because they feel horrible. 
and and all the muscle is already yeah and and, and sometimes it, you make you lose cut because i mean the the <laughs> progestogenic activity right thickens the skin a little bit and then you need to take more mastrone or or winstrol to kind of thin it back up because winstrol can block the progesterone receptor to a certain extent so it, it might be better in some seasoned pros like you for example to take it out and then cruise without it so you don't feel so bad and then you rely on the other stuff i mean it's not like you you took a test out. that's what i did yeah so i did uh mastron mm -hmm. winstrol mm -hmm. test yeah and then topped it off with uh injectable soup with injectable super drill yeah and that's the last yeah. a week or week or two before every show yeah. one week or two weeks yeah. mm -hmm. do you know what, what kind of oil what, that's brewed in? like you said in mct oil or migliol or what kind of uh mm -hmm. do you know what kind of oil they use MCT. okay that's good yeah that's good yeah it doesn't cause any issues and what kind of dosages are we talking about? Like everybody wants to know now how much test, how much, how much Mastro and how much Winstro. <laughs> I did in the, in the off season for, I, I went way higher. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. But I had test was 250 every other day. Mm -hmm. So 875. Yeah. And it's in and say, yeah. mm -hmm. then Mastro and then say, 300 every other day mm -hmm. so that's a thousand fifty then i did winstrol also in oil ah okay you have a good guy you know a good guy so i did a hundred every day mm -hmm. and then i added the super draw the last two weeks and that was 50 every day oh yeah that's 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 a high dose for injectable super draw but of course it's required because at that point you're so depleted you need to fill back out but it's all—it's only been like imagine this, the shows were all. If there was two weeks, mm -hmm. if there was a show, I would start a week out. Yeah. Then kind of loaded. Right. Then I would, then I dropped it off again, right. and most of the time this year there were either three week gaps mm -hmm. or even six week gaps. Ah, right. Rarely there was only a one week like. Saturday and the next Saturday. Right. Then I will take it for two weeks in a row. Then I will take it for two weeks. Yeah. But all the other times I would I was taking it a week, mm -hmm. and then I had two to four week breaks. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, that's fine as long as you take care of your liver health, the tutka, and all the supplements, and then you know, then yeah. then of course after a while it starts to catch back up uh, up with you because in the meantime, yeah. there you go, there you go, hepa plus, <laughs> there you go. So. Um, so in the meantime, right, you're still on tests, you're still on Mastrone and still on Winstrol, but these super is basically being cycled in and out. And you can tell the difference, man, immediately. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I've used I've used two shots. Like, even I let's say I take it like in the morning mm -hmm. and then I train later mm -hmm. and I can see the difference. I don't know if I'm like, no, you can see head, the difference. But yeah. I I can see the difference in the gym like immediately yeah. and then two or three days into it you're like holy shit now i feel like a fucking mm -hmm. freak again yeah no it, it works very yeah. very fast you would do it like one shot per day or you split it up morning evening i split it up yeah. is, is this 25 milligrams per ml yeah. and it's intramuscular or sub q so, 
I do intramuscular yeah. because I have a friend mm -hmm. who did all his shit sub Q mm -hmm. and always in the stomach. Oh no! You know, and now he has like a a fatty roll here. Yeah, and it doesn't go. It doesn't dissipate anymore. Oh really? It's like there. It's it's there forever. It doesn't because it's it's kind of got hard. Uh -huh. And he has like it looks like a fat roll. Uh -huh. Shit. And it doesn't go away anymore. So, so I've been doing all my shots sub Q, like when I was still using steroids. Um, I think I did a mm. sub Q steroid cycle for an entire year in my upper glutes, and that, of course, in, up, the upper glutes is already fatty for me, right? I don't get as shredded as you do. I mean, most people don't. So when I when I feel it now, it's I think it's just uniform, but I haven't injected anything sub Q there for a year now. So maybe maybe your your friend will need some time time off and maybe do some deep tissue massage therapy on that area. Yeah, maybe that's the issue. And otherwise, uh, right now, yeah, go ahead. He has like literally looks like a fat roll. <laughs> Shit, horrible. Can you get like injectable choline, like the Mick blends, the methionine, inositol, and choline? Oh, that would dissolve it. Yeah, because the choline and the inositol will help with the. The, the triglyceride transport across the membrane, allowing it to uh, be absorbed into systemic circulation. Oh. Yeah. So that's cool. something something you can look into. I think I think some some of the you know gray area peptide websites in the United States sell that, but there's also <laughs> pharmaceutical mix blends out there. Maybe you can get that in Germany. Not sure. Yeah, that that's what I would do. <laughs> If I, because uh, it, it seems to work quite well for like stubborn fat areas. It looks horrible, man. Oh, is it that bad? Is it like yeah. like hanging over like a little fat pouch? <laughs> yeah, like a like a, you can grab it like that, you know. Uh huh. And even how if much you did get, he put in there? Yeah, all like every day, like a little bit, you know. Oh. Okay. And and he, he he even did the sides like like this, so it's uh -huh. like. like brrr, <laughs> Should call him the kangaroo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's terrible. So, so you, you've done ten shows, and the majority of the time you're on test, mastrol, and then cycling windstrol and, and superdrol in and out, right? So, you hear a lot of people just taking cycles for the shows, but if the shows are six weeks to two weeks to one week apart, like that, that basically means that you're on cycle for months. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, I know, but like a lot of people don't realize it. Like, how do these pros do it when you do multiple shows? It just means that you're on cycle the majority of the time, and then you take like three months, four months of off completely, just to kind no. of detox. Okay, no. so what what's the cruise? Like, give me a breakdown. What's the what what is a cruise for an IFB pro? Is that a grab five hundred or just the same no. shit? So what I do right now after the hip replacement mm -hmm. is I do two fifty test. Mm -hmm. And no, 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 more. I'm doing <laughs> a, uh, a third. Uh -huh. So let's say I'm doing a third of a CC. That's like 80, 83 milligrams. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Every other day. Yeah. And I do 50 of Deca every other day. Yeah, it's about a three three fifty per week. That's okay for your size. Yeah. I mean, it, like how many how many pounds are you right now? Like two ninety? No, man. After the surgery this morning, I was 
249. Oh, wow. Okay. So you dropped quite a bit, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. This, this, wow. That's the funny thing with me. After a show, I have to eat so much to keep my weight yeah, on. That's right. Yeah. Your metabolism is crazy. Yeah. And then after the show, I'm like, oh, finally, I can stop eating. <laughs> yeah. So I stop eating and then I drop wherever I was, I drop another 10 pounds until I actually, and that's my, that's my cruise. My cruises, I eat less, I stress mm -hmm. myself less, and I take less shit, basically. Yeah, but that's how it should be. I mean, that's how you kind of clean out. I mean, you, you take less pressure off your, or you take the pressure off your intestinal tract from eating all the food because you're eating, what, a couple thousand calories every single day, right? Just as a, no, I know, it's a full-time job. And then, of course, you're putting stress on your body with the steroids. So, I mean, that's what I tell mo most people. If you've done steroids for longer periods of time and you eat boatloads of food, just take all the stress out. You train less hard, you eat less, and you inject less. Right? It doesn't mean you have to stop everything, but it's just good to take a break. And plus, after two or three months, four months, you get all that motivation back. Like, you know what? I'm tired of being small, and I'm tired of training like a pussy, and I'm exactly. tired of not... I'm, I'm starting to get fucking hungry. So it's like, it's cyclical. It, it's totally normal to go through that process. You know, and then you're fired up again for an off season. So actually, uh, as you say that, yesterday morning mm -hmm. was the first morning I woke up and I was like, man, I want to eat. I'm hungry. Oh, wow. I actually want to since December, since, since one year ago. Mm -hmm. Not actually longer since was, one of the, <laughs> I thought it's since, after the Olympia, but it's like <laughs> since the competition prep started. Since since one and a half years ago. That was the first time that I thought, man, I'm hungry. I got to eat something. <laughs> and all, the, all that time, even in the hospital where the food was not so mm -hmm. good and I didn't eat quite as, I didn't eat at all, like mm -hmm. basically for the four days, I was like, I'm not, I don't even have an appetite. Yeah. I don't want to, thank God I don't, I don't even need anything, you know? No, I mean, after a while, I mean, I, like I was hardcore into bodybuilding for, I think almost 20 years, you know? So I got up to about 120 kilos off season. I mean, it's not crazy. <laughs> I've pro size, but I did get pretty big and I, I ate just nonstop. You know, you're eating like 5,500 calories, you know? And, and just eating, 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 and then taking naps, you know, because all the carbs are making you sleepy and, you know, training twice per day. I mean, it's great for making gains, but, you know, after a while, you just get so sick of it. And then you realize, like, wait, I need another 10 kilos, you know, to be actually really big. Yeah, so so I, I completely get it. After a while, you just need to take a vacation from it all. <laughs> so when my metabolism was really flying mm -hmm. at, at, in prep, I was eating... I have my baseline protein amount, 500 grams. Mm -hmm. I got to have 500 grams of protein. Right. And then I was eating between 1,200 and 1,500 carbs every day. Jesus fuck. And then I then some fat, but I couldn't do too much fats because otherwise I would be too full from for the... Yeah, it slows the digestion. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was every day, man, every day. I calculated once was like 8,000 calories or something like that. Yeah, no, that's insane. And then you're getting leaner probably. Yeah, and then and then when I drop it, like for, let's say one day I'm like, oh, fuck this today, and I'm only having 
800 carbs. Uh-huh. Get up on the, get up on the scale the next day, three kilos gone. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people don't get it. They think it's all about the injections. And of course the injections are are part of the game, but it's I mean, that that takes what, ten minutes a day, fifteen minutes a day preparing all your shots and doing the shots. It's it's and the rest of the time is eating and training, you know? And even training doesn't take as long as eating. And the thing is, I wasn't taking any T4, any T3, any, mm-hmm. you know, other DNP, whatever. Right. It was, it was just um, one clam butyrol in the morning. Yeah. And and another one later in the day. Mm-hmm. The 40 micrograms? I, 40 microgram tablet? The 20s. Yeah, the so pharma, pharmaceutical 20 micrograms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you take 40 in a day. Yeah. That's nothing, but but you know, I've, there's other people that take way more, but oh, I don't I need yeah. it. And then I then I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I I, I gotta do. I want to do the shows, mm-hmm. but I, but I have to keep up with the eating. That was the worst part. Yeah, like, that, the hardest part in prep was keeping up with the food. I've talked once to Jordan Peters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? And he, when he was really chasing size, yeah, he told me, "Yeah, man, I was the same way. Every morning when I woke up, I almost got an anxiety attack from <laughs> the from the task ahead, from the from from, from the eating. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, that, but like at that level, don't you do some liquid meals, like some high brand cyclic dextrins with essential yeah, yeah, acids, yeah. and you just sub that in between? So, so what is like the percentage of real food, and and like how many shakes and then inter inter workout stuff do you take at this point? Because I can't imagine eating fifteen hundred carbs per day from rice. I mean, it's it's like almost no, two kilos. I did, I did uh, always a, a pre shake and an intra shake. Mm-hmm. And it was per training session, mm-hmm. liquid, like 250, not, not, not like, it was mm-hmm. 250 carbs liquid per training session. So there right. goes five. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after training, I did do like gummy bears. and Yeah, uh, it's the only way you can get in. Yeah. I had like uh, either dextrose or rice syrup. Right, mm-hmm. and then pour it on the rice I'm eating, mm-hmm. and maybe I had like like solid food. Was that's that's an estimate? Was always like 800 carbs, mm-hmm. and then I ate six to 800 just liquid or wow. Easy digestible. Right. Yeah, you have to because it's impossible to get all that through. So a lot of people are now thinking about how maybe I should do what Roman Fritz has been doing so I can get super shredded. But I don't think it's going to work for the majority of the people. I mean, do you want to tell the story of how you got so super shredded when you were younger? Because I heard this on, on a Dave Palombo podcast ages ago, and I found it fascinating. So tell us about like when you wanted to get so lean and how old you were. I, I really didn't want to do that. Okay. I did it because... I found a I had I found a book. Yeah. It was called um in German something performance nutrition blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Yeah. And they were advocating carbohydrates. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So 
obviously I only read the book like I just flew through the book like like, <laughs> yeah. like this. That's interesting. And yeah. Didn't didn't really read the book in depth because mm-hmm. otherwise I probably would have known what they meant. Right. Exactly. But the gist I got was like carbohydrates for performance. Mm-hmm. And I was a runner. Yeah. I was a long distance runner and a basketball and I played basketball. So I thought, okay, performance, carbohydrates. Right. What can I get as far as carbohydrates? And I was in the in the youth home uh-huh. living, you know. The, um, what's it called? A uh, boarding school, right? Mm-hmm. And they had always there were apples. They had apples, like big, big trays of apples. They were free you, at the cafeteria. You could you could grab them all day, even. So I stocked up on apples, you know. And when I say, I, when I dedicate myself to something, I'm dedicated to something. You gotta, so I'm gonna do it. I'm eating apples because it's carbohydrates. And I literally ate three times a day, like 20, ap- 20 apples. It's no per joke. Fifty Per day? 50 20 apples 60. per day or like a, a 20 it's apples no, no, per 50, time? 50 to 60 apples a day. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That so, was so you already. So I think I think this is how you taught yourself just to deal with large right. quantities of simple sugars, right? You run it off, right? The insulin sensitivity stays high, but you probably trained your mitochondria just to purely work on carbohydrates. And then that's how I did it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when that got boring, I started, you know, to, to make applesauce. Right. Cook, cook, cook it myself. Cook applesauce because we had a little kitchen there mm-hmm. uh, for the for the for the students. So I was sitting there, you know, peeling apples. <laughs> cook. My mom gave me a big like pot from home. Uh-huh. I took, I cooked the apples, stirring the apples. I put some cinnamon in it. Uh-huh. You know, then Breakfast was like had had to be fast, so breakfast was like raw apples. Then mm-hmm. at night, maybe I cooked the applesauce. At noon, I did uh, again raw apples, just apples in all whatever I could come up with apples. But basically, it was always apples. So, so any and, any any protein with that or or dietary no, fats? No, no, just do apples. You, any, so, do you do you think like how old were you at that time? Like, what was your age? Was, I was I started doing that at 14 and then I got into it um I did it the whole year I was 15 mm-hmm. Basically I I did that a year straight. You can say I did it, did it a year straight. So do you think that tanked your testosterone levels and like fucked with your puberty? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but you caught up with that, that after taking some steroids obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, later on. So, man, yeah, because I I would expect, like, I mean, that's extreme veganism, right? That's fu- <laughs> you're basically a fruitarian for a year, and I've seen some blood work of fruitarians who've done that for very long periods of time. They eat unlimited bananas, right? And their and their blood work is crazy. It's like yeah, like a hundred tests. I was I was pale. Mm-hmm. I had like uh, eye sacs dark. Yeah, yeah. My mom got worried. Everyone got worried. And my cousin was a personal trainer at a gym. And my my mom was like, man, you got to do something with him. Because he was, he was in her mind, he was jacked. Right. Yeah, just a normal guy, you fit going to the gym, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, but he was jacked, okay? Mm-hmm. 
in my mom's eyes. So he, she was like, can't you do something with, with him? Look at him. It's like he looks sick, you know? Uh-huh. So I got into bodybuilding that way. Okay, you know? good. Mm-hmm. I did some weight training in, in, the, in the student, um, yeah, basically little weight room we had. Right. Gymnasium. But I... Yeah, but it's uh, but obviously it. W- I I didn't say gymnasium because it, it it's just a, a room. Is it that bad? You know, huh? it's literally, it's literally just a room yeah. with a couple with a bench and uh, barbells. Right. Oh, that's you know? that's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, but it, it it's not a gymnasium. It's just yeah. a room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but it only made me weaker because yeah, I had well, no no protein. I was. I was training hard, you yeah. know, for what I knew, but I didn't gain any muscle. I only got, because I added that to the running. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now you're super catabolic, probably. Mm-hmm. So I was catabolic. I didn't eat any protein, and then I started weightlifting on top of that. So that's the story. And then I ate apples for a year straight because I thought that was that would help my <laughs> performance. And the funny thing is, I got so skinny yeah. that the girls in school asked me, man, what, what are you doing? You're getting so lean. You're getting so skinny. What are you doing? I want to do the same thing. Oh, of course. And I told them, yeah, the only thing I eat is apples. <laughs> <laughs> All these girls lost their periods, probably. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is, they thought, well, Roman gets lean eating, ap- eating apples. I'm going to eat apples, too. Yeah. But they just ate the apples on top of their food. Oh, right. So they got fat. Because <laughs> they ate all the, you know, all the all the cafeteria food. Yeah. 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 And then like me, because I had, you know, when you have a hoodie, it has the, the kangaroo all bag. Right. In front. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I was stuffed with apples. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was going out of the cafeteria like this. You know? Yeah. And they were doing the same thing. All of the girls grabbed like five, six apples, you know? They ate that three times a day on top of the, what they had normally ate in oh, the man. cafeteria. So all the girls were like, "Man, this is not working for me. I don't know why I'm getting fat." Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever meet the supplier of the apples to the to the school? Because he was probably very happy with you that you were you had such a high turnover of apples at that school. He probably made a fortune off of you. No, just the the chefs, the yeah. chefs um, of the school cafeteria. Mm-hmm. He kind of he was like, "What the hell are you doing, man?" <laughs> I can imagine. Have some steak. Have yeah. some steak. Like, yeah. no, I can't eat. Can't eat steak. So, yeah. so you did that for a year, and I, were you like freaking shredded by the age of sixteen? I, I was shredded, but I was. So I, when I was when I, I did it fourteen, and then to fifteen, and then I was I was. Yeah, but I was shredded. But you know how shredded I was? I was like Auschwitz shredded. Yeah, that's what I just going to ask. Yeah, Auschwitz. So you're super lean without any mm-hmm. muscle. And so you probably like, I, I mean, I would suspect that you cannibalized all of your adipose tissue away doing that. Because yeah, did you ever get looked, fat after that? No. No, that's after what I that, figured, I, yeah. I wasn't able. It, it, it was just, I wasn't able to get fat anymore. No. So, so yeah. this, this, like for all the, all the, all the guys out there, if you want to do this, I think, I, I think it might be better to do it when you're young, like get fucking shredded. 
And then the rest of your life, you don't have to worry about it anymore because I don't think you can get fat even if you tried. I have tried. Yeah? Like re really hard. Yeah. I only get worry, and whenever I stop trying to get fat, yeah. the, water, the water comes out and I'm shredded again. Yeah, so that's great. Right? Of all the stupid stuff you can do in your teens, I think that's one, one of the things that's worth it. Right? Like, so when you started training again with your cousin who was a trainer and you started introducing some protein, did you blow up or did you grow? Like, how was the response in the beginning? Like, did you have like a, an above average response when you got started with normal eating? Yeah, he told me, bro, you got to eat. Uh, yeah. This is protein here. This is creatine, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And then nine weeks, gain 10 kilos. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. Your like, testosterone like levels were probably from like 200 to 500, and mm -hmm. you know, everything blows Taller up. Kilos. Mm -hmm. Taller kilos. Then I got a little slower, but after six months, I had about 20 kilos extra. That's crazy. And he's like, he's like, what are you taking? Yeah. I said, nothing. It's like, this, those quads look way too dry and this lower back looks way too dry. You, you can't tell me I'm you're not taking anything. Mm -hmm. you, it's like, no, I'm taking nothing, you know? I think it was so depleted and your nutrient partitioning was so good and it's still good, obviously, that I, I think everything you ate just went to the muscle. Everything. Mm -hmm. But imagine, I started out with 55 kilos body weight. Oh, man, that's a dumbbell size. And, <laughs> yeah, and then I was... Then I was 75. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, in six months, it's insane. Yeah, but the first 10 weeks were the, the first nine weeks were I gained 10 kilos. Mm -hmm. And then I gained the rest in like a six month period. But but still, 75 is like normal. That's yeah, normal it's body. normal weight, of course. But if you're shredded, I mean, it looks fucking insane. I mean, and especially like, were you as, as tall as you are now? Like you're 5'10 yeah. or 180, right? Or. Seven, yeah. yeah yeah but i gained those 20 kilos hard like yeah. complete solid mass mm -hmm. and he was like what are you taking of you're course. not you're not you know where do you where did you get that from it's like I, i'm not taking i'm doing not doing anything you know it's just exceptional newbie gains right if you're already so depleted and then you like maybe you were 65 kilos without the running and the apples and then you basically gained like 10 kilos you should have had anyway and then, of course, everybody has their 20-pound, 10-kilo newbie gains. It's the same as what I got, you know, when I started training when I was 15. My mom also signed me up to the gym. A very similar story. She was like, you should go to the gym. You're kind of small. And then, well, I was skinny fat. <laughs> I was skinny fat playing video games. So so I went to the gym and I gained, I think, also 10 kilos in the first year. I can't remember what my but, weight was, though. I think you know, like, with, the, with, with the dedication, mm -hmm. He he told me I, I got a I got a book. It was mm -hmm. called the Joe Joe Weider's Bodybuilding System. It's a blue ah, book. Ah, right, yeah, yeah. And I I got the training program from there. My mm -hmm. cousin said that's fine. You can do that. It was four days a week. Mm -hmm. It was no more cardio, no no more running, nothing, mm -hmm. no more playing basketball. Then I did first. I started uh, doing five meals a day, mm -hmm. and I had. I had my protein, I had my, my, my calories figured out and all that. Because the, the Joe Wheeler's bodybuilding system said, whatever you weigh, mm -hmm. times 45 in calories. 
So I figured, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And Is I'm just going to eat. Is or kilos? Kilos. So whatever. Continue. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Dude. That was in the book, so I did. Okay. You know? Just yeah. like. Just like ah, okay, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4,500 calories if you're 100 kilos. So, okay, makes it. Yeah. So I was 55 kilos. I figured, mm -hmm. okay, this is, my, this is the amount of calories I have to eat. So I divided that over five meals. And I always did like a carbohydrate source, mm -hmm. like bread right. or pasta or rice for half the calories. And then a protein source for the other half of the calories. Still no fat. Yeah, but I had, and then I did, I, I did one meal that had a little bit of fat in it. So mm -hmm. either a handful of nuts, walnuts, something like that. Right. That was, but that was my, or in the cafeteria for breakfast, I did like, grab two whole eggs, something like that. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah, so it's a good start. So that was my starting point with the calories, 50-50 protein carbs. And whenever I gained weight, I would up the number to meet, to meet 45 Dude, uh, so it's you know it, it's fucking amazing that you figured that out when you were 16 because most guys like i think i started piecing this together when i was 19 you're like caloric adjustments based on your body weight and energy expenditure so i think you had a head start man out of so many people because you were already regimented for early on that was just my logic yeah, you know, no, but it, it makes total sense, dude. I mean, how much information did we have at that time, right? I mean, I had to go mm -hmm. to the library to get this information also. I had this one book. It, yeah. it was in it, that one. I followed that. Then I did the, you know, the, the training program four days a week. And all the other three days I did nothing. Just studied for school and all that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's how I gained the first 10 kilos in nine weeks. And then I just took it from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was it. So how, how did you get up to 110 kilos then? Because from 75 to 100 kilos, that's that's an even bigger jump. Like at one point, steroids I, came in the picture, right? And then performance enhancing drugs and that kind of stuff. Like, oh, what is the background there? I just continued that until I was like a, like 95 kilos. So 95 kilos, and I was, lean, natural. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say that that's fair. And I look very good genetics i looked good i looked good at 95. yeah i can know? imagine yeah and then i was like i was following lee priest mm -hmm. big priest and he said in the video that his first cycle was 200 milligrams of deca every week so one yeah. shot of deca every right. week yeah so i went out into the city of munich <laughs> into a big gym. looking for decades. <laughs> yeah. And I trained there. And one day there was one one guy in there. We were both at the same time mm -hmm. and no one else was in the gym. Right. So I figured this is my chance I'm gonna ask this guy. I said, hey man, blah blah blah. He's like, Oh, you look good, man. You look good. Yeah, I had the world gym stringer tank top like he right. yeah, of course, yeah. video. I ordered that from the U.S. just to have the same stringer. Uh, or my my mom ordered it. Mm -hmm. I did them with her credit card. Yeah, of course, they're too young for that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, "Man, can you get me some stuff?" Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, you look good. You know." It's like, and I told him, "All I need 
is 10 ampules of Decker. <laughs> you probably love to say so. It's the same what mm -hmm. I did, dude, but continue. Yeah, continue. So he got me the 10 ampules of Decker, and I took one every week. Yeah. In those 10 weeks, I, w I went from 95 to 105. That's insane. Again, I was like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> of course. You know? And then I did my first show, mm -hmm. and I died it down to 94. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I did two shows. I did two shows. I won the one, and I won one show, and then the other show I placed fifth. Mm -hmm. I won the, the state title overall in the junior class, and then I won the, uh, then I took a fifth in the German nationals in the junior class. And I was on Nandrolone but I was only. only. Just Nandrolone. No, the the prep was um, test probe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I did the ten weeks of the Deca. Mm -hmm. Then I stopped taking everything and anything. You know, just stopped taking it. Mm -hmm. and then probably like like a half a year later, or a couple of months later, I I started prepping for the for the for this contest season. Right. And then I weighed 94 in the first show and 92 two weeks later in the German Nationals. Right. But at that point, I just turned 18. So my birthday, my birthday was is April 13th. Mm -hmm. And the first, the, the, the Bavaria show, my state title was on April 30th. Mm -hmm. And the German Nationals was on May... May 8th. Ah. So I was just, or May 7th, something like that, or 5th, cutting out somewhere around there. So that's a week difference. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, that was my first nice. show then. Nice, nice work. And you got second. I got, I won the state title mm -hmm. overall. I, and in Germany, I, it, I, got, I was fifth. Oh, fifth. Okay. But but the junior class, you know, goes up to twenty one. Yeah. So, but you were one of the youngest then. I was I was supposed to do the. It's called not even juniors. It was it's youth. Youth oh, is youth. one lower. Yeah, that's what, what Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. used to do. The yeah, the Jugend bodybuilding. Yeah. They told yeah exactly Jugend. Yeah. yeah. And they told me yeah you you can do the Jugend class. And I was like, how many? You're in that class. It's like, yeah, you would put your only one. <laughs> Fuck. Like, oh, that's boring. <laughs> yeah, that's boring. Put me that's in the big boring. class. I want to be in the in the other class. Yeah. yeah. Because can you imagine me going back to the boarding school mm -hmm. when the weekend is over? And like, oh man, I won. And they're like, how many people are in the show? It's like I was the only one. No, they no, no. laughed at me. Hey, dude, some yeah. some people win and they put IFB Pro on their uh, on their Instagram page and they're proud, even though they're the only person in the class. <laughs> Nowadays, it doesn't matter, but I I get what you mean, right? I mean, I it, it would be embarrassing. I couldn't, I couldn't go back to the boys telling them I won. No. But then I still won, you know, the, the, the state title. Yeah. And I took fifth in Germany. That was good. Yeah, that's fucking good. I mean, 92 yeah. kilos at 18 years old on your second cycle. That's that's fucking insane, dude. That That's, that's yeah, fucking I look, insane. I look pretty good, I think. Yeah, I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine, yeah. 
And then, of course, it took some time to get your pro card. And I, you, had, you had some trouble getting your pro card, right, in the beginning. Yeah, I had to do it three times, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a... I, won the world I won the world championships when I was 21. Mm -hmm. That should have... Then I said, no, nah, I can't take the pro card because I'm not good enough. So... Yeah, you, had, you, had, you, had, you were a little bit self-torturing, I think, in the beginning because you did like the ketogenic diet and you didn't have so much confidence. And, you know, I mean, I think it took a couple of years for you to really come into your own, right? Where you just ate, ate good food and showed up fucking full because in the beginning you just wanted to come in super peeled. Yeah, you know what I did for when I actually won the German Nationals? Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'm going to get shredded. How, what's the fastest way to get shredded? Not eat any carbs. Oh, shit. So, and then I, I, for for three weeks straight, mm -hmm. three weeks, I ate tilapia, just fish. Tilapia fish, yeah, and water. <laughs> tilapia, Roman. And water. <laughs> what are you doing? And black, black, and black pepper. Yeah, some lemon. <laughs> no, 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 not lemon. Lemon would have. It would have been carbs. carbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the two foods I ate, water and tilapia and pepper. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a food, black pepper. Yeah, it's, good for, it's, a, it's good to absorb, like pepperine can help you absorb oral steroids and some supplements. Yeah, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take any supplements. All right. Uh, just, you know? just fish and water and pepper. Yeah. Yeah. So back, back on the Auschwitz diet. Exactly. Uh -huh. then, and, and some test probe. And I got a bottle, I got a hold of one bottle of Mastron and Enzate. Yeah, this is back in the day for, for everybody to understand. This is back in the day when availability of steroids was fucking difficult, right? You knew one guy mm -hmm. or two guys and that's it. You know, in Europe, we, we, we didn't have mail order stuff in Europe. That came later. I think I paid 200 bucks for the one bottle. <laughs> yeah. So, so what can you do? You know, <laughs> like the higher dosages, you can do that when you actually start making some serious money. You know. So I did that, and then I won, mm -hmm. and I was the most shredded person in the show. I was, I was a junior still, but even the men, no one was more shredded than I was. Right. So, yeah. which, which years are we talking about? This is the early two thousands. This is two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's not too long ago. Fifteen years ago. Yeah. yeah, and then a year later, I did the 2009. I did the World Championships. Mm -hmm. I went at the German Nationals the year before. I waited at at, at the. At, I had to do the state title again, mm -hmm. so the Bavarian Championships. I was 83. Oh, that's that's fucking that's 10 kilos down, dude. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Then I figured, man, you got to put some carbs back in. So I put some carbs back in. Two weeks later, I was 86. Okay. Right? And then a year later, two, at the World Championships, I actually, I was like, because I had the whole year, I had like a rebound. Right. You know, the, the rebound phase everyone talks about? Because mm -hmm. I was really that, so I did a, I had a plan. Yeah. I had a plan. I wrote an article of Milos yeah. in the in Flex magazine with the intro workout. Yeah. I did all that without just dextrose and right. Yeah, well, it works. Still works if you're young, you know. Yeah, and a year later, 
I weighed in at the nationals and they at the world championships clean. Mm -hmm. I have to pass yeah, the you have to pass the drug test. Yeah. yeah. 100.5 kilos. Fuck. So you were probably like 110 before you started cutting the drugs or 108. I was, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I remember I started dieting for the show in the off season. I was 120. Oh, wow. So yeah, you, you really gained a lot of size then. And that's probably just mm -hmm. 120 kilos watery, right? With, you know, minimal body fat. Yeah, that was what, then the water, all, all the water flew off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then I was like, like you said, 108 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I really got, because I, I heard Dorian Yates say in, a, in an interview that he always wanted to, he wanted people to see his kidneys working. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. get that. Uh -huh. You know, that's what I'm going to do. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do, Dory. Yeah, I, mean, I Dory think you is. many times you overdiet it, you know. And then, of course, if you have to pass the drug test at the World Championships, you you take, you know, you start timing the drugs. I mean, it's very easy and well, <laughs> well known how to do that. But by the time you step on stage, I mean, it's you've lost a lot of size, you know. Yeah, then I was 100.5. Mm -hmm. Still big. I mean, it's still over the 100 kilo yeah. plus. Yeah. Then I won the overall. Yeah. And yeah, I just, just then it went a little bit downhill from there mm -hmm. because then I was um, hiring coaches and all that shit, yeah. and I stopped doing my own thing. Yeah, you know, listening. I did all that. Oh, you gotta do this now. You gotta do that now. And yeah, everything went to pit for a while, but then I got myself back together in like 2013 and 14. Mm -hmm. Then I was like again with all the coaches, oh, you got it now that you're a pro card, uh, this, that. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of IFBB pros seem to lose themselves. What, what I see in the amateur circuits, as, as soon as these guys turn pro, they sign up with, you know, a big name coach, and then, and then they don't really show up good. And I think it's the pressure, because basically when you turn pro, you have to start at the bottom again, right? Now you have to prove yourself. And I think a lot of guys are like, oh, shit, now I got to put on another... 20 pounds 10 kilos but in reality all you need to mm -hmm. do is just keep going at the same pace keep going yeah. and this the weight would have the weight would have come on Any, anyway right just like it came on leading into the yeah. pro card so i i think you don't have to do anything super crazy um right you just need to take a year and kind of reassess how big you want to show up at your first show and then i think now now people are starting to realize that but you know back then like in in the early 2000s 2010s you know again social media has only been something of the last couple of years you know you you talk with people in private but you don't really realize you know what what other coaches are doing what could be possible so i think you you kind of you know paved your the last couple of years your success is mostly through self-experimentation which you know works for you mm -hmm. right and to this day mm -hmm. if someone asks what would you tell a beginner or what was your biggest mistake? You know, mm -hmm. my biggest mistake was listening to other people. Yeah. <laughs> over, over my own, um, over my own better judgment. Because right. there was many, many a times when I thought I should do this. Mm -hmm. And then someone told me, no, you're a pro now. You got to do blah 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 or to compete with the real pros yeah. 
like I wasn't a real pro, you know. You were a pro. You yeah, have you're the top five pros. <laughs> to compete with the real pros, this is what you have to do. And I figured, well, really? Well, man, I'm, maybe I'm not a real pro, so I sh think I should do whatever. Yeah. So, so what kind of advice are we talking about? Like, not not naming any names, but it's just like the the weird stuff that we, as the audience, kind of hear through the grapevine, like the the injectable adenosine monophosphate and the insulin loading before getting on stage and and high doses of train. Like, give us some examples. Like, well, what kind of silly advice is being thrown around? It was mainly nutrition and training. Ah, okay, okay. It was like. I, you know, you know, I train my way like high volume twice a day, right, and I have fun doing it, and doing the exercises I like to do, and I like eating the foods that I like to eat. You know, like I don't, I'm not big into eating a lot of fat with every meal, and I like training a lot, and that fucking worked, and it worked this year and worked last year perfectly. Yeah. You know. Work. Hey, you've been doing that since you were 15, so right, that's what your body exactly. is used to. Exactly. But then people came along during the way. They were like, "Ah, oh, man, you gotta eat. You gotta cut down your carbs way lower, and you gotta eat way more fat." Make me look worse. Yeah, I, rem I remember I that period. <laughs> mm -hmm. Although I had on the calories. Yeah. No, but the nutrient partitioning is different, right? So, and the insulin sensitivity mm -hmm. might get ruined. So, and. And, oh, man, you're training way too much. You have to cut down to blah, 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 this and that, and limit your sets. And da, da, da. It's like, I did that. Looked worse. Yeah. Didn't didn't grow any, Didn't make any progress, you know. And all those, I had to go through those experiences at least three times, mm -hmm. you know, to really make it stick that it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. And even I'm, each time takes like um, it's not like that. I'm doing it for two weeks because oh, but you, you know, follow through. Each, yeah, you said it takes two years sometimes. Exactly, mm -hmm. and then you lose at least. It was always six months to a year where I went through a period like mm -hmm. that, and then you fuck up. You know, you realize, oh, this was shit. Yeah, you know, but you lost six months. And you have yeah. to exactly, and then you have to get back to your old state which is another six months you know yeah, you can't go back to eating 1500 carbs from one day to the next i mean you need to build that up it takes yeah. time i remember when i did the when i dieted for the for my first for the year when i was still doing my my own my own stuff mm -hmm. in 2010 so one year after the um uh, world championships I did my my depletion, mm -hmm. my depletion phase a week before the show was seven hundred carbs. Yeah, you know that's it was like seven hundred. It's carbs. unheard of. Yeah, it's un. Have you talked to anybody else besides maybe a couple guys? They'll they'll see like you're crazy. But dude, if it works, right? If you're depleting on seven hundred, then that's what it's going to be. Mm hmm. And after that. Everything went to shit for a yeah. while. Then I got my shit back together in like uh, two years later. Yeah. So I won, won the pro card for the third time. Then I thought again, oh man, I gotta, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta do this. So I struggled 
until like the 2015, at the end of 2015, I caught myself again. Mm -hmm. Had a great showing in 2016 at the Tampa Yeah, Pro I remember that. Fourth. Yeah, yeah. And then again, had to go through the blah, 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 <laughs> yeah, shit. Usually, yeah. Yeah. And it was back and forth with, and now I'm just, I'm not going to listen to anyone. I'm not going to listen to anyone. I'm just going to do my thing. Mm -hmm. I know what works. If I need some advice, and if I want advice, mm -hmm. I'm asking for advice. Yeah. Some, some someone like, and, uh, like you, for example, I've you, right. you know, and these days you don't even have to ask anyone for advice. You just go on their website. Yeah, just go to the YouTube because it's all out there anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that people that don't even ask me, just Google and there's probably a video about it, you know, my YouTube or our chase has something or Paul has something, right? Plenty of other educators. Like, I think at this point, the only thing you need to do is just stay true to yourself. The only advice I could give you was to do less shows. So you don't tire yourself yeah. out. That was, that's that's the only advice I would give you. You know why I did the ten shows? Yeah, because of the I had the hip replacement plan. Right, right. right. So you Before. wanted to get the, all the points, right? So no, I figured um, if this is my last one, I don't know if something ah, will, right. if something mm -hmm. will go wrong. If my last run, I'm really running. True. I'm running it to the ground <laughs> this time. You know? I'm going to earn that hip replacement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, I, if, if I'm giving that hip back, man, I'm giving it back. You, yeah, you know? I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, so 10 shows. I mean, I, I really like a couple of the shows where you look really, really good. And then the weird thing is, again, like we discussed earlier, you started looking progressively better, but they brought you down. But again, that could be because you already got your Olympia qualifications and they wanted to get some other people on board. Right, that's you know with the IFB sometimes, or the, at least it's the feeling yeah, I get. Was, yeah, like okay, the one it was fun. More, and I learned. I learned so much, mm -hmm. man. I learned so much. Sorry, I learned so much, and it was fun, and I got stage experience. Mm -hmm. And right at the end, it just felt like a guest posing you know, when I got on stage. Yeah, you know, well, Japan is fun. I so, I, I'm I was, sure the audience was was, uh, was great. Like J Japanese people are very vocal. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was really good. I, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah. What What else did you do in you Japan? Know? Because I remember we had a conversation, and I told you just to remember to have fun because Japan has so much cool stuff to do. Like, what did you do after the show? Yeah, we did. We did all of the the Pokemon centers, yeah. the Nintendo store. <laughs> yeah. You know all that. It's crazy. Did you go eat sushi uh, buffets and all this? Yeah. All of course. Yeah. Everything you have to do, we're just checked off the list. Yeah, Japan is Japan you know? is a lot of fun. It's like going to another planet. It's like literally like uh, getting into uh, one of those sci-fi movies, especially at night with all the lights. Yeah, when we were driving through the streets, uh -huh. you know, of Tokyo, it's crazy. Yeah? My wife and I were both like, oh, "This looks like a, this looks fake, like in a movie." Uh -huh. You had, a, you had a very lengthy podcast with Chase Irons. Right? You discussed uh, what IFB Pros are doing, what you're doing, and that kind of stuff. And then I think Fouad Abiyat um, watched part of that, and he didn't really agree with some of the things that you said. Um, but I can't really remember what it was, so I don't want to put words in his mouth. Um, but, like, you know, you were pretty open that, that some of the pros were lying about what they're taking and doing, and then... You know, people are downplaying their dosages and that there's really no need because, you know, again, 
if people are just open and truthful, then at least people know what to expect. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, well, what do you think? Do you think like there should be a little bit of restraint from the IFB pros, like most of the pros do, or some of them don't even talk about it? Or do you think that the transparency will ultimately pick up and is not only restricted to guys like me, because I, again, I don't have sponsors or pro cards to lose, but when some of the pros open up, like I see Jay Cutler, for example, now in retirement, finally starting to open up. You know, as long as Milo Sarchev is there to kind of egg him on, then he's then he's all opening up about dosages and stuff and, and you know, doing cycles. And he's very nonchalant about it. That's what I like. I did this or whatever and that or whatever. <laughs> it's super funny. But like, like besides you, and, and maybe Milos, like how many other IFB pros actually talk about this stuff openly? Like, because I don't really hear Fouad Abiyad talk about it, even though I think he should, because, you know, he had some health ramifications, so maybe he can educate people on what not to do. But maybe he also doesn't want to bring that yeah. to the forefront. I'm not sure. My opinion is you should, if you're not, you know, th this is mm -hmm. the thing. You either choose to talk about right. it or you choose not to talk right. about it. And if you talk about it, tell the truth. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to talk about it, don't say anything. Just say nothing. The, 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 you, you, know? play, you plead the Sam Sulik approach, which I think is smart. Yeah. If you don't want to talk mm -hmm. about it, say, I don't want to talk yeah. about it. That's right. it. Yeah. But if you start talking about it, then tell the truth. Don't come up with idiotic stories about like minimal dosages and you know stuff like that. Just, just don't eat. Right. Just leave it. No, that's you know? what I, but I agree. Also, it's, like like some of the younger educators out there, like Chris Bumstead, Sam Sulik, right? They're reasonably younger, sub thirty, and they got massive followings, right? And Sam Sulik just doesn't talk. He doesn't say that he's natural, but he also doesn't talk about steroids i think that's fine right i mean nobody can ever blame him blame him for uh, claiming natural but he I, I guess he doesn't want to talk about it because it's not good for the algorithm and it's not good for his audience because they will inevitably copy him right but our audience is a little bit older uh, and hopefully a little bit wiser and they know what go what goes on so I, I never had a problem opening up after boston lloyd and tony huge and rich piano all went on youtube and started talking about openly because I felt that was a huge gap in actual real steroid education, right? It's it's still there's only a handful of guys who really are good at the steroid education part, right? And then and then you know I think an entire community can learn from that because the transparency is just non-existent, dude, which pisses me off. Like if 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 there's if there's yeah. two or three IFB pros who openly talk about it and and a handful of other steroid educators, um, you know. Uh, you can basically count it on two hands, you know, 10 people that are really doing it frequently. So, and I think that's a shame, that's, that's right. a shame because there's so much more to learn. You know, there's so much more that can be done for, for, you know, safer practices, but also how to use, if you go higher dosages, how to do that properly. Cause otherwise you have to figure it out on your own. Cause like you said, some of the coaches have, yeah. have weird approaches, you know? Yeah. And then you end up with, uh, kidney issues and liver issues yeah. and all that because you never handled your blood pressure or you 
cause diabetes or something yeah. like that. And then you know? this is stuff that we we kind of don't hear about, but we secretly know. Like I, I can I can name twenty pros that have kidney issues. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yep. and and they, they don't want to talk about it at all, which I think it's a shame because. I mean, I talked about all the mistakes that I made on my YouTube channel, and sometimes uh, you get, you know, you get some hate for it. Uh, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. But I mean, there was nobody else kind of teaching this kind of stuff, so you experiment. You know. Yeah. So, well, what, what kind of stuff have you done that you regretted? That you thought was like absolutely not necessary? Like I've taken DNP, <laughs> I've taken all these weird <laughs> experimental compounds that that in hindsight I, I don't know what I was doing. Right, but yeah, you kind of open up Pandora's box. I think I never did anything that I said, "Oh man, if I hadn't done that, it would be way okay. better." Mm -hmm. Oh, I okay. did. I did. I tried uh, shooting my arms with. Uh, oh no! And it looked good first, yeah. but then. I think the I, di I didn't do it for a long mm -hmm. time. Yeah, it first looked good, and uh, maybe by the fifth shot into my tricep, so fifth fifth shot mm -hmm. in, I think I just overdid it, and my tricep was really like blown up and <clears throat> tense. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing I'm warming up on the bench machine. Oh no, on the Here bench. We go. And I do like a, a light set, like light, and all of a sudden, pow! Like, oh fuck! And my elbow hurts, hurt for months. Yeah. Like the micro tear. Months. Yeah. Now I think I tore like a, like this tendon a yeah. little bit, like shit, you know, because it was so tight, huh? Oh. Yeah, and it was horrible, man. It was, I had elbow pain. I couldn't train chest. I couldn't, I couldn't even do biceps properly, right. you know, and I couldn't even like lot pull downs, anything that would kind of, or, or, or pull over machine, anything that would put tension on the triceps for months was, I was handicapped. Well, which kind of synthol did you use? Was you know? it the old one, the painless pumps or the new stuff with the hyaluronic acid and? Oh, 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 Awesome, uh, like three, 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 yeah, that was pretty potent stuff. Formula, the Formula Three yeah. one with silica yeah. in it. Yeah, that stays in there. Yeah, that stays. In. I did like four or five. I was all excited, man! I'm finally gonna get some big <laughs> arms. And <laughs> <laughs> shit, yeah, it sounds scary as hell. Hey, you're you're one of the few guys who actually openly talked about using Incrolex, and uh, I was one of the lucky few recently to uh, source some Incrolex myself. And I've had a, I, I went through a vial of uh, forty milligrams, right? I was settling on five hundred micrograms per day. Now on me, it's totally wasted because I'm off cycle for close to a year, right? So all I got all I got was some fullness, some pumps. So it felt like I was on TRT without actually taking TRT. But you've experimented with it at, at your peak, right? When you're actually, you know, like large and in charge and doing steroid cycles with it. So what what is your personal experience with Incrolex? Because everybody thinks it's like the, the the you know, some sort of magical, unattainable joker card. Remember when I said 
I the heaviest weight I competed at was 122. Yeah. And then three months later, I was there was only so my competition season. Let's say like that. My competition season lasted about six months for the ten shows. Yeah. And the heaviest I competed at was 122. The lightest was like 113. <laughs> yeah. And I ran out of Incrolex, like right in the middle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine how big you were. So what was your protocol at the time? Like you, you had access to a couple bottles of Incrolex and I like just what was did the process. I did a milligram every day. A milligram every day. Yeah. Intramuscular, sub-Q, Intramuscular, like what was Intramuscular mm -hmm. in whatever muscle I was training. Right. You know, 500 per workout, so twice right. a day, and two, I split it up 250, 250. Okay, yeah, so that's the same what yeah. I did, 250, 250, but I would train, I train once per day, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what were, what were your results besides the wallet just falling on the <laughs> floor and being empty? You <laughs> immediately, you, you take it. And then you you immediately get like a you get harder, bigger, fuller, full, just everything, you know. Just, and I think it even it's probably a good idea to take it in the in when when you're dieting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it keeps you full and it it sucks all the fat in. It seems. Yeah, and the the conversion of the test of of the GH to mm -hmm. IGF one takes uh estrogen right yeah you need at least in the liver yeah in the liver yeah. and then the autocrine system i mean it's of course the evidence is a little bit thin but like the maximum conversion of growth or the the production of igf1 requires a little bit of estrogen but if you're prepping and towards the end you bring your estrogen down then you don't get so much conversion anymore and you lose some of the fullness from the growth hormone now, some guys would overcompensate and then go from 12 IUs to 15 IUs to 18 IUs and sustain some of the fullness. But the nutrient partitioning effect from the IGF-1 gets less. So I would rather run IGF-1 LR3 alongside the GH, especially towards the end. Or Incolex. Or Incolex. But it's, I mean, now it's available, but it's, I've been searching for it for 15 years. And then I found a local guy. It was like, yeah, I got 50 boxes. So I bought, you know. I bought a lot <laughs> and I hooked a couple of friends of mine up because I mean, I mean, it, it's just a couple hundred dollars per box, right? So not everybody can afford that. So I, I made sure that it sold out quite fast. And then now, unfortunately, some of the, the, uh, the website started selling Incrolex also, but it seems that when you order it online, it shows up cloudy. So yeah. it's denatured and that's, that's a couple hundred dollars that you lose per box, you know, so that sucks. Um, so I would never recommend people to order it online. Like, I believe you got it from the pharmacy at that time, right? In Germany. Yeah, it's like 900 something. Yeah. Yeah, I paid a little bit less than that. Uh, but still, I mean, when you calculate it down to a day, right? even if you pay nine, nine, what, 900 euros, mm -hmm. yeah, you divide it by 40. So you pay 20, 23 euros per day, basically. But that's also something you would spend on growth hormone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
So in that in that sense, it's pretty similar. So you only you had one stint with it, or you've used it multiple times? I just did the one. The one uh, worked great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I do. Well, it's if you ever come to Thailand, um, I might have more. <laughs> okay, good. I might have more <laughs> in the fridge, alleg allegedly in the fridge. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I found it very surprising the effects. I find it very surprising, but it's you know it seems to be so scarce. I think James Hollings had talked about it um, that mm -hmm. he ran it for one prep, um, and, and that's about it. Everybody else oh, is Jordan just fantasizing. Peters. Jordan Peters, of course. Oh, Jordan Peters also. Oh, really? Oh, last time I talked yeah. about to him, he, I think he was looking for it, but it's been a while since we talked. I saw a post to him. It was a while ago, mm -hmm. and he always wrote down what he took and then he said ah, yeah, no, i'm looking like this blah 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 i might have some water but the water will dissipate once i drop the ink relax it said the text was something like that oh okay so i just I mentioned it in passing it's funny because i, I started doing some videos about ink relax and half of no not half but a good amount of ifb pros <laughs> actually contacted me um you know to get it um, and I spoke to a good amount of other IFB pros who talked about it, uh, that they used it themselves and had great results. But again, it seems to be very, uh, a very niche compound that, I don't know, sometimes it's available and then everybody scoops up whatever supply is there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, if anybody comes to Thailand that I like, then uh, yeah, I might, I might have some spare. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> you thought about coming to Thailand at one point, right? You were in talk with Sebastian Marshberger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he said like one or two years ago that you were thinking about it. So like when your your mobility is good and you know your YouTube revenue is like really kicking in, are, are we going to see some Thailand vlogs? Yeah, why not? Why not? I, I'm I'm not saying no. Just right now, mm -hmm. once I got to get my hip issue resolved, and then oh yeah, take take time, dude. It's going to take a couple months. You need to be mobile here because the roads are so bad in Thailand that you need to be mobile and feel 100 percent confident. Because I mean. Otherwise, you won't survive in Bangkok or any of the other cities. It's a mess here. I have one good friend over here. He will. Mm -hmm. He is going to move to Thailand, like exclusively. Oh, really? He's going to stay there. Yeah. Where's he, he made a lot of money. I don't know exactly, but he made a lot okay. of money, and now he's like, "I'm out of here." No yeah, more Germany. That's, that's how it should be. <laughs> I mean, if you have some affiliates and what we discussed earlier, if you have some good revenue streams, you can come live here for a couple months, right? And then uh, you and your friend are lucky that you have a network here already. Like you got me, you got Sebastian, maybe some other Germans that are hanging out in Patio. So you, the, the starting up process is very easy because I can put you in touch with my network, right? And Sebastian can put you in touch with his network. So you hit the ground running, right? You don't have to figure shit out. So we have a we have a great bodybuilding community here. If anything, my my plan would be just to buy some buy a piece of real estate. Mm -hmm. You know that I have in like Thailand? A, yeah. That I How would do advise do? against. So oh, you would okay. have to, oh, <laughs> I would yeah. advise against that unless you want to marry a Thai woman. But I I think you're already um, you know you got your hands full already. Mm -hmm. So you can open up a company here. And then shuttle some money in, but you'll need to hire three Thai staff uh, who are going to be majority shareholders. So you own 49% of the company and they own 51%. So you're in the disadvantage there. And then the company can buy land and the company can buy a house on top of that land. 
but technically you only own 49% on paper. So the law is kind of against you there. And with a lawyer, you can kind of make it airtight that the nominees of the Thai company that own 51% can never take uh, the rest of it, right? That's not in their share. But still, it's so much paperwork to the point it, it might not be worth it uh, to really own a house and land unless you're married and then basically the wife owns it. So we just you just rent all the time? No, and so my wife owns the house and the and the the land. Ah, yes, you're, you're, you're the, but we're married, so there's there's a different yeah. uh, you know there's a different uh, setup, there, right? But yeah, if yeah. if you come here as a foreigner and you want to own some land and you have to set up a company and involve three Thai people, now there's only one Thai person involved. That's my wife. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it, it makes it very complicated. But dude, if you want to rent something nice, and you can always move around, I think. I think you shouldn't come here and buy stuff if you're not sure where you want to settle down. You just move around three months in Pattaya, three months in Bangkok, three months in Phuket, three months in and Chiang Mai, cheap, Chiang Rai. Uh, for bodybuilders, it's not really cheap right? because we oh, have okay. needs. We need to eat a lot of protein, need to eat a lot of carbs. But I mean the rent, the rent, just the rent. Rent can be cheap. Yeah, I mean, it can be as little as $100 to, uh, to I don't know, $3,000, $5,000 even. <laughs> depends on what you want. Yeah, it depends on what you want. Yeah. It's based, sky's the limit, basically. So, like, I, I think I think Thailand is a great place at least to hang out for a couple months out of the year, <laughs> and then if you like it, you know, you like the people, and you like the network, then then eventually you can settle, right? And Thailand is pretty close to the rest of the world, especially Dubai. Mm. You know, so look into it. Yeah, look into it, man. Yeah, we're tra going tra to tra travel a bit, but not for shows. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for coming on. This was absolutely great. Thanks so much. Thanks for keeping everything honest. I mean, we are highly appreciated honesty in our uh, in our space of uh, steroid education, and we need more guys like you at the top that are actually willing to talk about it. I'm actually not honest because this was all hypothetical. I was all yeah, right. It's hypothetical for educational and entertainment purposes only. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got your disclaimer also on YouTube? No, not yet. Should okay. I take take my disclaimer? Yeah, because when you start blowing okay. up, then otherwise you can't monetize the stuff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and why make so many videos if you can't monetize it, right? Where, Thank uh, you. I'll take where, yours. Yeah, just take mine. Where where can people find you on social media? Uh, my name on Instagram is just Robin Fritz. Mm -hmm. I think my YouTube channel is called Robin Fritz. Also, <laughs> easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have a, a website with merchandising, you know, um, where I sell the coaching and T-shirts and all that. It's called Rextreme, like ah, rextreme.de yeah. for Germany. .de. Okay, cool. I'll put all the links down below, guys, if you want to give Roman Fritz a follow. Right? Everything is in English, so you can easily follow along. Yeah. No more excuses not to subscribe. Thanks so much for coming on, man. This was great. And uh, keep in uh, keep in touch. I hope to see you over here in Thailand, and then uh, we'll go plunder my fridge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take care, buddy. Thank you. See ya. Ciao.